0: This is Binghamton Now on News Radio 1290 WNBF Binghamton and WNBF.com.
1: Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290 WNBF. This is News Radio 1290 WNBF News. Mostly sunny today, high near 51. Tonight will be mostly cloudy, low around 36. Friday mostly sunny with a high near 57. The agreement that resulted in Guthrie's acquisition of Binghamton-based Our Lady of Lords Hospital was put together in only a few months. Lords and its affiliated units became part of the Guthrie Healthcare System last week. Dr. Edmund Sabinall, Guthrie President and CEO, told WNBF News the process began about a year ago with discussions he started to have with his counterpart at Lourdes, Catherine Connerton. He said as he became familiar with the history of Lords and its caregivers, he felt a connection. He said uh, we have similar values, keeping the patients in the center of everything while striving to provide high-quality care. Sabanow noted Guthrie has had a presence in Broome County with a facility in Vesto. He said he saw the opportunity to grow the amount of care that they provided to the community. Speaking on WNBF's to Now program, Sabanow indicated things went smoothly in the discussions with St. Louis-based Ascension Health, which owned Lords. The acquisition was announced last June. Sabinol said the process to finalize the deal went as rapidly as possible, given the regulatory approvals that they needed. He said teams from the three organizations, Guthrie, Lords, and Ascension, worked together on details necessary to get the deal done. Lawyers involved in Donald Trump's civil fraud trial told the judge they had no information to share regarding a key witness reportedly negotiating to plead guilty to perjury in connection with his testimony in the case. Judge Arthur Engerin had asked state lawyers to and defense counsel to provide him with letters by Wednesday detailing anything you know about the situation involving Alan Weisselberg former longtime finance chief at Trump's company, the Trump Organization. New York Times reported last week that Weisselberg was in negotiations with the Manhattan District Attorney's Office to plead guilty to perjury and admit that he lied on the witness stand when he testified at the civil fraud trial in October. The Times cited people with knowledge of the matter. According to a news release from Tioga Downs, American Racing and Entertainment owner and operator of Tioga Downs Casino Resort in Nichols and Vernon Downs Casino Hotel located in Vernon announced that it has sold the real estate assets of Tioga Downs to gaming and leisure properties for $175 million. GLPI is a real estate investment trust focused on owning real estate property that is leased to gaming operators. Following the closing of the transaction, American Racing and Entertainment will lease the real estate assets of Tioga Downs from gaming and leisure properties. The transaction has no impact to Tioga Downs' operations as American Racing and Entertainment maintains full control of the operations. There will be no changes to the customer experience or to Tioga Downs' employees. A judge who presided over the trial that resulted in an $83 million award to writer E. Jean Carroll for her defamation claims against former President Donald Trump says rejecting his lawyer's mid-trial mistrial request was not a close call. Federal Judge Lewis Kaplan issued an opinion on Wednesday explaining why he swiftly rejected Trump attorney Alina Habba's request for the mistrial, which she made in front of the jury as Carroll testified. Habba claimed surprise after Carol testified she deleted some death threats emails. But the judge said Habba had known over a year that Carroll deleted some death threat emails. The Delaware County District Attorney announced the indictment of Frank Maspa of Morris. The Delaware County Grand Jury indicted Maspa on January 25th for one count of criminal possession of a controlled substance in the fifth degree. The defendant appeared in Delaware County Court on February 6th and was arraigned on the indictment. The indictment alleges that the defendant knowingly and unlawfully possessed fentanyl or meth with the intention of selling it in the village of Delhi on January 8th. He pleaded not guilty to the charge and a Delaware County Court judge remanding him to the Delaware County Correctional Facility in lieu of $5,000 cash bail or $50,000 bond. A man can move forward with his lawsuit against police in Buffalo who ticketed him for shouting at an officer to turn on his headlights. An appeal court last week reversed a ruling by a federal district judge in Buffalo who dismissed the case. The lawsuit was brought by a civil rights attorney. He says the police retaliated against him by issuing a noise citation after he shouted an expletive to a passing vehicle that was driving in the dark without headlights. Our Anthony Roop says he didn't know at the time that the vehicle was a police SUV. That's a look at news. For updates on local news, weather, sports, and features, open up the WNBF app and online at wnbf.com. This is News Radio 1290 WNBF. From the Galt Auto
2: Studios, this is WNBF News Radio AM 1290, also available at 92.1 FM. Reserve your new Toyota at Galt Toyota.
3: W-N-B-F-A.
0: I'm Bob Joseph. This is Binghamton Now for Thursday, February 8th, 2024. 607-772-1290 607-772-1290 is the number. If you have something that you need to say, don't delay. Call us right now, 607-772-1290. I look forward to speaking with you about uh, local issues, state issues, national issues, global issues, whatever. Is on your mind. You can uh, participate in our program. We're here every weekday morning from 9 to noon. And we're finally getting a bit of uh, mild weather, milder by February standards. And what is this, the third consecutive day of sunshine? Almost everybody is smiling. <laughs> Not everybody, almost everybody is smiling with the sunny weather and uh, warmer than usual conditions for this time of year. Of course, as they say, we're monitoring the uh, possibility of some snow early next week. But in the meantime, we can enjoy what we have now. Realizing that every day we're one day closer to spring. The big Supreme Court case today. Yes, the United States Supreme Court is uh, going to start hearing arguments in a very important case. The headline on the Washington Post website says Supreme Court to confront Trump eligibility question charting course of election. So it could come down to this case. What will the Supreme Court do? And I believe the arguments will get underway in less than an hour. As the Washington Post story says, Supreme Court will confront the critical question of Donald Trump's eligibility to return to the White House, hearing arguments in an unprecedented case that gives the justices a central role in charting the course of a presidential election for the first time in nearly a quarter century. And this helps to reinforce why it's so important to vote. Some people don't think it's important to vote. Well, truth is it's extremely important to vote. And if you don't vote, then you essentially have no say in who the uh, next justices of the Supreme Court will be. So that's just something to keep in mind. Anyway, we'll be taking phone calls coming right up. We've got uh, some interesting things to discuss. So don't worry, don't touch that dial. You're listening to News Radio, WNBF and WNBF.com. I'm Bob Joseph with Binghamton Now. BF Live, Living Color. Me your I you me. Let's hit up the phones and we begin with John from Binghamton. Good morning.
4: The dreaded cutoff filter. <laughs> you know,
0: I, I, I knew you would have something to say about this. The the record would have been much better without it. I'll tell you that. I don't know. Well, it would be different, but I don't know if I would remember it this many decades later. So <laughs> that, that's uh, you know, at some point when Taylor Swift does her 2025 version of it, we'll we'll compare and contrast. And I think I think ultimately most of us will say Dave Edmonds, Dave Edmonds did a better job than the one Taylor Swift will do next year. But that's not yeah. that's not for us to discuss today we have more pressing issues what's on your mind
5: well you know uh johnson city and Andy and binghamton you know these main street grants and they're always you know Binghamton's done this for 50 years you know grants cobblestones take out the cobblestones put in the cobblestones put in planters put trees up cut trees down facade grants you know this is nothing new and uh yeah uh a couple days ago, I took a trip to Owego to put a car on the road. You know, I had to do some motor vehicle business. And I, I let me say this, uh, the uh, no charge for parking. Everybody is pleasant, easy to deal with, from the guy at the security to the clerks. No big lines, uh, fast, speedy service, uh, no and you go in, and it's an old school, and there's no overhead expense. You know, it's it's just very a, a wonderful, wonderful experience. And I, I did say, you know, why I'm here, and they say we get a lot of people <laughs> from Binghamton, and so it was to me it was worth uh, oh a couple of gallons of gas uh, to go up there. But I I was uh, you know motoring around uh, the uh, business district. And at one time, maybe a year and a half ago, two years ago, it looked like it was going to fall apart. Now I see everybody – everything is more or less rented uh, or being uh, ready, ready to, to be rented. And I think that the people – and and by the way, the blend – of restaurants and taverns and actual retailing. I mean the, it, it, nothing is out of proportion. It's not all bars, all restaurants. So
0: you have, as they say on FM radio, just the right mix.
5: Yes. And uh, I think that Endicott and in Johnson City, the public officials in Binghamton, should go up to Wego and figure out because there's a guy up from Binghamton, a, bit, a developer that is developing up there. He's... he's uh, uh, remodeling a building. Yeah, By actually,
0: eight? I just ran into him Sunday afternoon outside that building. I was taking pictures because I was uh, interested in in the progress. And while I was taking pictures, he he pulled up in his pickup truck, and we wound up having a good discussion, not only about his project but also about the future of Ojeda, yeah, as so, fate would have it.
5: Now, now keep in mind, this is twenty miles away from the nearest university. So I think what our local leaders have to do here. I mean, in other words, if you had that on in Endicott, I mean, Endicott once was that, uh, and you know, go had a department store, McLean's was up there, but uh, you know, we've got to figure out what they're doing right now. They've they've obviously got people uh, that are willing to take a chance entrepreneurially on a business. Now, these people may they they may be. Uh, well-fixed and able to handle, uh, you know, uh, they may, may be in there and they, they may not need to make a lot of money. Uh, they they on, on the other hand, they, they may need to, to make a good living. So, and I mean, even like the tavern up there, that's been in business for 50 years or more. Uh, so I, uh, I I think what they're trying to do right now is in Owego, and they better figure out what Owego is doing right uh, versus what they're doing wrong, because uh, you know, o- Owego looks better. Uh, it feels better. It feels like you you know you can walk.
0: I like the uh, vibe. I think that's yeah. what the kids would call it. It has a certain vibe.
5: And uh, that that place sh- should have been a ghost town like every other ghost town here in Upstate New York. But I mean, I suggest that that Mayor Cram, instead of trying to be the president of city council or the de facto majority leader, whatever he wants to be, you know, he should, he should get up there and uh, uh, Nick Burlingame. I mean, because, you know, to just do these streets with uh, capital improvements that never are maintained, by the way, you know, if you look at the railings out in front of Binghamton City Hall, you know, all that, what, it, what that swamp that they put in there, or whatever it's supposed to be, you know, those things are already cars have hit them, they're never repaired. You put, put up period lighting. Apparently, they don't stock the parts for period lighting because once they're hit, uh they they uh they don't go back up
0: again. But so that's true of almost everything around here. Things get installed r- for some reason they whether it's lighting or fencing or decorative features all around or the trees. Triple Cities. Yeah. Or, yeah, and then, you know, they they look good. Obviously, they look good for the photo op and if potentially being incorporated into campaign commercials or whatever. Uh, but then you're right. I mean, the clock is ticking. And, you know, at some point, inevitably, just the other day, John, I believe uh, someone slammed into uh, one of the new planters. Uh, near the intersection of State and Henry Streets, I believe that's what happened. I saw, um, a city crew working to make repairs of, uh, of a wreck planter, which I believe, I believe those two big planters, uh, in the median or the, the center of the roadway on, on State Street were installed last fall. So there really haven't been any things planted. So already some, Driver who had difficulty seeing this giant planter. I don't know, you know, details, of course, can never be released, but um, yeah, that happens. Look at what happened to the Parlor City Circle. That looked good for the first three to six months before people started ramming into the posts that were designed to help educate pedestrians where to cross. And now... I'd say nearly half of those posts that were designed to keep pedestrians out of the lane of traffic around the circle—they're gone. Well,
5: Bob, imagine if Disney World say did no maintenance for
6: ten
0: or fifteen—no,
5: <laughs> years. No, ten or fifteen years, right? Yeah, I know. <laughs> you know, so I mean, well then, then you'd have Court Street
0: USA. But,
5: but I mean, so a, a light goes down, and, and that's the end of the light, right? Uh, a city must, you know, if it's a motor vehicle accident uh, and, and it, the drivers at fault, the city must, I assume, collect some insurance. Well,
0: they probably do, and then they probably just put the money into the general fund. But you see that all over Broome and Tioga counties, where whether it's utility poles or other damage that's caused by a vehicle crashes, I mean, some of the damage gets done typically. What you'll notice is on state-maintained highways, if something's damaged by a vehicle crash, usually a DOT crew will make the repairs fairly fast. But if it's not a state-maintained roadway, all bets are off.
5: Well, you know it's it's uh, uh, Binghamton is a catastrophe. There's graffiti all over the place. Businesses are closing. Even the businesses that came aboard. Uh, uh, in the latter days of Rich David or Mayor Ryan, they're done. Uh, I don't know what it is. It's a hodgepodge now of uh, who knows. But it, it doesn't look good, Bob. And uh, we, if we can't compete with Corning and Ithaca, uh, who, who are we trying to compete? I mean, you know, you go to any of these stack, you know, southern tier athletic uh, towns, Uh, most of them are in much better shape than Binghamton. Binghamton's a disgrace, and, uh, you know, you're going to need people uh, that can do the job and call it out. Uh, And unfortunately, uh, we've got uh, people that are more interested in social media posts. They had a great time. You know, they stay there for like two minutes. Right Oh, we had a great time at this festival or that festival, you know, just long enough to flash their iphone and uh, you know i I would suggest that the people start really getting mad oh, you know I mean because these things here's the thing we've been talking about this I mean crab got some things done, God bless her, but we've been talking about this crap for a long, long time, and there's a little in the way of execution and delivery uh you know so i mean what 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 Progress has been made, has been progress by private guys like uh, the uh, railroad train guy. You know, that, that, uh, that's, that's where the progress is making. It's not being made by government in any way, shape, or form. And Jared Cram is chasing out businesses. People are not going to Binghamton. They're not going to invest a nickel in Binghamton anymore unless, uh, you know, they get $10 million. Uh, so, uh, you know, I mean, what what is this, Bob? I'm, I'm Googling, right? I'm Googling, finding out where Boscoff's got any money. And Binghamton's the only place that, 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 that comes to mind. I'm Googling where uh, the House of Sport got ARPA money, $8 million. Uh, and the only place that shows up is Broome County.
0: Well, maybe other businesses, retailers will Google Binghamton and Broome County and, and be, uh, inclined to uh, stop by and see if they can get similar deals. Appreciate your call. It's WNBF Live with Bob Joseph. Oh, a traffic note. We take you to the scene. This is Mr. Joseph's neighborhood. Outside the colorful Binghamton Now building, and um, they are doing some work on um, the street here. Utility work right near the fabled Binghamton Now tower at the intersection of Court and State Street. State Street between Court and Hawley is closed because they are repairing a water line and one of the uh, supervisors of the job told me and they could be there all day so just so you know that's why state street is closed uh, just north of city hall trying to uh, fix a leaky water line so plan accordingly it's 9:28 listening to binghamton now on news radio wnbf 9.33 at WNBF. And a big event will be coming up in April. The uh, 2024 Home and Garden Show at Binghamton University Event Center. Join us now from the Southern Tier Home Builders. Donna Ciancio, good morning. How are you?
7: Good morning. Doing well, thank you.
0: Yeah, nice sunny day. Yes. It's uh, so beautiful for early February. And then with temperatures that could be in the... 50s today, and maybe even Saturday, so that's good.
7: Gets us excited for spring, for sure.
0: I know, and uh, I know your organization is busy planning for the upcoming home show, which will be happening before you know it. It's uh, still several weeks away, but the planning is well underway. Tell us about what will be going on in April.
7: Okay, uh, we're working, building out our show here, um, taking reservations uh, for vendors, Um, so we'd like to build a show up uh, with suppliers, our contractors, builders, remodelers. Um, The suppliers can bring in, you know, the latest, greatest um, supplies and new tricks and bells and whistles, so homeowners get a chance to see that. Um, We'd like to provide every service needed, you know, in our industry, uh, financial, realtors, home inspections, you know, just about everything you can need under one roof. So it's a one-stop shop.
0: All right, and is it going to be similar to the most recent show, or have there been any uh, uh, changes that are going to be made for the 2024 edition?
7: Well, we um, have the same setup as last year. um, As many people have heard, Uh, the event center is getting ready to go under some renovations. So um, it it will be the same as last year, and, um, you know, it's a large space. We have uh, plenty of space. We take reservations right to the very end. We um, rent out the whole building, so there's plenty of space to be had for sure.
0: And I note on the website, there is a a complete layout of how the Home and Garden Show will be set up, and, uh, well, many slots are already reserved there are uh, other booth areas that are still available if people want to um, make their reservations and plan for the april event
7: absolutely and uh, we're here to you know answer questions and and help to make uh, a booth space you know what they need in size and uh, location
0: all right just for people who may not be familiar with the organization, tell us a little bit of background about the South, Southern Chair Home Builders and Remodelers Association, a little history and, and the overall mission.
7: Sure, um, we are a not-for-profit organization. We're part of a state association and a national association. Um, we've been around for over 70 years and um, our, our mission is two, twofold. We are here to promote um, the residential construction industry and support our members to give them um, everything they need to be successful in this line of work. We also are a great referral for homeowners. Um, There's a lot of problems in in the area with contractors, and um, our members uh, have developed an application be board-approved, approved uh, experience uh, insurance, Um, so we are here uh, to refer them to contractors that are um, up and going and, you know, are, are a real business.
0: Instead of those fake businesses with people that yeah. uh, find a, a used pickup truck and get a magnetic sign to put on on the side of their door, Bob's Bob's Renovations. Yes, yes.
7: Yeah, there's, my my there's little. Any of those.
0: Yeah, what what I what I do on weekends? It's like. But do you have any experience? Well, right. I live in a house.
7: <laughs> Sadly, we we tend to get those calls after the fact and, yeah. and that's what we try to prevent. We yeah. want to help people get what they pay for and, you know, have an experienced person handling their project.
0: Yeah. Well, educated consumers are critical whether it's for home uh, remodeling, or or any other any other service. So, uh, if people want more information, either about the uh, association or about the upcoming Home and Garden Show, what can they do?
7: Um, they can get to our website, and that is s t h b r a dot com. That's Southern Tier Home Builder Remodeler Association. Um, We could be contacted through that. Our application layout, everything is there. Um, And you can contact us by phone, um, 607-785-9285, and we'd be glad to help you.
0: And the home show will be held on April 20th and 21st at the Binghamton University Event Center in Vestal. Donna Ciancio, thank you so much for being with us.
7: Thank you for having us. Take care. Take care. Bye-bye. It's
0: 939. I'm Bob Joseph. You're listening to News Radio WNBF. Phone calls. Yes, we will. Entertain your phone call. 607-772-1290. Give us a call. Talk about whatever's on your mind. On Binghamton Now at 92.1 FM, 1290 AM, streaming at WNBF.com. Forecast for the area from the National Weather Service. Increasing clouds today. High 51. Mostly cloudy tonight. Low 36. Partly sunny. Tomorrow. High 57. Mostly cloudy. Saturday. Showers likely. High 55. Right now in downtown Binghamton. Officially freezing. It's 32. It's zero Celsius at news radio. W-N-B-F. Pro housing community. Hey, 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 look at us, Binghamton. We are number one. Um, the list of the first 20 communities includes the uh, cities of Binghamton, Dunkirk, Kingston, New Rochelle, Newburgh, and Poughkeepsie. So, new housing, yeah. It's according to Kathy Hokel. So, if you want to build a house, build it here in Binghamton. I know a couple of good places. Or they have um, lots available. So if you're thinking about building a house in New York, do it in Binghamton. Do it in Binghamton. We'll see. So we're uh, pro-housing. As opposed, I guess, to other communities in New York, anti-housing. So anyway, live here in Binghamton, folks. You'll... Love it. You'll never go back to wherever you have been living. Parlor City has what you want. IWNBF, you're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from?
3: Joe from <clears throat> A Lovely place to interview. Calories of all kinds of varieties <clears throat> at a reasonable cost. Thank you. Uh I will go back to what I have been talking about for a long time. The idea of climate change the aspects of it that are being interviewed or looked at. The primary greenhouse gas is water vapor. That has been ignored from day one. The second gas that seems to be getting all the attention is carbon dioxide. Carbon dioxide makes up as much of the atmosphere as four cents out of a $100 bill. 0.04%, 400 parts per million, is $0.04 on a $100 bill. That's where it starts. Now, from that tiny fraction, we are looking to diminish the production of, of carbon dioxide by eliminating fossil fuels. We are going to replace this aspect of energy with lithium batteries. If you look at Gold Rush, which is on one of the channels, and you look at the aspects of mining of very limited resources, it generates a phenomenal amount of waste or residual or whatever you want to call it. I cannot generate in my own mind a a perspective of putting solar panels which reduce the amount of reflected energy by 10%, which means they're concentrating 10% more energy in a limited area. They're modifying some of the energy that comes into that area into a much more concentrated form, which is electricity. And for people to sit around and get emotional and try to generate feelings of guilt and so forth, I would like a group of people to sit down and take all of the aspects that are obvious, put them together in an accurate, complete picture that is why i am obsessed with this i will continue to call back in bits and pieces because i am incapable of putting it all together Uh, the aspects that i see and i have been against this for a long time this blanket statement because water vapor is the primary greenhouse gas period and an aspect or a part of society is obsessed with the idea that four cents out of a $100 bill is enough to generate a phenomenal amount of unique situations that, that I cannot put all together. And I, I will make a request, as I have in the past, for the Matt, <clears throat> Matt and Bob to generate the forum for us. Well, I think no. Movement. I think you should
0: because I I can't do it, and I don't know that Matt Ryan would do it. So what I think is maybe Binghamton University. If you called somebody at Binghamton University, they have the brain power, they have the facilities, and they probably have what it takes. They they've probably done things like this before. If you call up Harvey Stinger, he might be able to do it better than. I could because I, I have no experience in setting something like that up.
3: Well, it's it, but the idea is, if enough of the public has enough information, then they may generate the enthusiasm.
0: Right. Well, I I agree if if they get enough information. But there's no way that I could accomplish that. Whereas Binghamton University, which is the driving economic and intellectual force of New York state i say uh, they're best equipped to do it so if you contact somebody maybe at the president's office or or somebody at uh the IBM school of engineering maybe they can do something with your idea i think it's a great idea it's just well, i'm i'm, I'm ill equipped to organize something like that
3: the thing is i have been at this for a while and the United States government monitors carbon dioxide content of the atmosphere at Mauna Loa in Hawaii. They they monitor it at Barrow, Alaska. Some, some yeah, Samoa, Amer, American Samoa, and the South Pole. Now, if I if I go up to Harbor Freight, they have measuring devices that can determine levels of carbon dioxide. Why isn't this being done by our government? <laughs> you know, we I said it before on, on your program. An acre of corn may, may sequester eight tons of carbon dioxide, and this summer was perfect. Uh, we had dry weather up until the end of June. It rained. All the crops matured phenomenally, which means a whole lot of carbon mon- carbon dioxide was being removed from the atmosphere. But nobody measured it, or if they did, they didn't share the information. And it's just—it's irritating to me.
4: Oh
0: yeah, that, well, I understand. I understand why why it's. I, uh, I'll
3: get off my. I'll get off my my standard, and you know let somebody else come on. But I thought I'd try to generate a more complete picture of what my attitude is and where it comes from and why ignorance is such an issue and it should be a much bigger issue in the life of a whole lot of people and then we would become involved in our governmental situation and screw the politicians
0: alright thank you sir sign 54 WNBF live on a Thursday morning with Bob Joseph hi you're on the air what's your first name where are you calling from
3: Hi, it's Jim from Castle Creek.
0: Hi, Jim. What's up?
3: Hey, um, isn't there any talk? I heard something about Southern Tier Solutions. It's a fracking organization that has a water fracking or something like that. And they're advertising leasing for
8: Broome, Tioga, Delaware. Have you heard anything about this company?
0: Well, I've heard about it. I don't know what to make of it. First of all, they call themselves Southern Tier Solutions, but they're not from the Southern Tier.
3: Oh, yeah. Right. Aren't they from I Texas? I would imagine. I don't know. Yeah,
0: they, they should been. call themselves if it's if they're from Texas, <laughs> they should call themselves Texas Solutions, I would think. But <laughs> well <laughs> Right? <laughs> you know, if it was me, yeah, I, I've lived in the Southern Tier all my life. If I wanted to try to solve something, I'd put together a company with a name like Southern Tier Solutions. If I grew up in Texas or if I had my uh global headquarters in Texas, I think think what I would do is call myself Texas Solutions or Crawford Solutions or Dallas Fort Worth Solutions. I'm looking at their website. Says at Southern Tier Solutions, we aim to make your leasing journey as seamless and clear as possible. So that's, I guess, that's their mission statement. And you can uh, get all the details about what they're doing at uh, their website. Um, let me just well, see. But you
3: haven't heard anything positive or negative, or there hasn't been any talk on your shows about this. Well, there's been companies?
0: very, there's been very limited talk. You know, the, the thing is, uh, you would think a company that is marketing itself as Southern Tier Solutions, if they wanted to try to solve something around here, one of the first places they would contact would be WNBF and Binghamton now to get one of their people on the program to uh, announce that they're now available to solve our problems, but they haven't contacted me. So, that I would mean,
9: would
8: be a smart
0: move. Yeah, I mean, I figured if they don't contact me, it's not it's not incumbent on me to get in touch with them. I'd say they should call me if if they think they have something to solve around here. Give me a call and uh, get your people here to the studio. I'll set up a time, and uh, maybe we could even take phone calls because this is a very very important issue. I'd like to, I'd like to hear. Actually, we did talk briefly. I think about what they intend to do because i think they're talking about using carbon dioxide for their fracking and and as i see now from a story that we posted december 12th walter hang from ithaca toxics targeting came here to the studio because he was discussing an effort to expand new york's ban on on Fracking, even with a technique like using carbon dioxide. So, um, you know, I, I would have expected that Southern Tier Solutions would have gotten in touch with us to respond because you would think, because Walter Hang was against it, you would think they would bring one of their people here to the studio to uh, respond to what Walter Hang said on our December program. But. True. Yeah, so, if, I, I mean, if somebody okay. from Southern Tier Solutions wants to uh, get in touch with me, I'll I'll be glad to have them on the program to answer a few questions. Okay. All right, All thanks, right. Jim.
8: I was just curious if it was a discussion.
0: Yeah, right, no, I, I, a I know we'll hear more about it, but it, it really hasn't, it hasn't uh, been touched on very much so far over the last couple of months. All right, well, have a good day. Thanks, thanks Jim. Well, it's nine fifty eight at WNBF. It'd be like me going <laughs> going to uh, Texas and yeah, uh, you know, setting up a website for whatever I wanted to propose down in Texas. I would call my company Amarillo Solutions, or what about uh, Houston Solutions? And they'd say, "Hi." What's your name? Bub. where are you from? Binghamton. No, you're not. You're from New York. I see New York plates on your car. You're not from Binghamton. You're from New York. You are a New Yorker, and you're coming to Houston or Austin or Dallas-Fort Worth trying to solve our problems. <laughs> they would look at me like, yeah, yeah bring any speedy sauce Bob (laughs) it's 9.59 funny thing somebody uh, just sent out this picture of a a jug of milk they still sell milk in the jugs around here and it's it's the funniest thing I don't drink much milk because I don't like the color Um, and the taste but this guy. Uh, took a picture of his gallon jug of milk and it says Best Buy February 30th. Apparently he took this picture yesterday. Can you imagine you buy a jug of milk on February 7th and they claim it's still good more than three weeks later. Man, man that must be good milk. Mm. <laughs> Best Buy February 30th. Sure, February 30th. Go. A uh, milk I guess would That lasts for just three weeks. It would last, I guess, forever. Best by February 30th. Who does the milk cartel think it's kidding? We know better. There are only 29 days in February this year. It's 10 o'clock.
1: Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290 WNBF. This is News Radio 1290 WNBF News. Mostly sunny today, high near 51. Tonight will be mostly cloudy, low around 36. Friday, mostly sunny with a high near 57. The agreement that resulted in Guthrie's acquisition of Binghamton-based Our Lady of Lords Hospital was put together in only a few months. Lords and its affiliated units became part of the Guthrie healthcare system last week. Dr. Edmund Sabinall, Guthrie president and CEO, told WNBF News the process began about a year ago with discussions he started to have with his counterpart at Lords, Katherine Connerton. He said as he became familiar with the history of Lords and its caregivers, he felt a connection He said, uh, we have similar values, keeping the patients in the center of everything while striving to provide high-quality care. Sabinow noted Guthrie has had a presence in Broome County with a facility in Vestal. He said he saw the opportunity to grow the amount of care that they provided to the community. Speaking on WNBF's Binghamton Now program, Sabinow indicated things went smoothly in the discussions with St. Louis-based Ascension Health, which owned Lords. The acquisition was announced last June. Savinoff said the process to finalize the deal went as rapidly as possible given the regulatory approvals that they needed. He said teams from the three organizations, Guthrie, Lords, and Ascension, worked together on details necessary to get the deal done. Lawyers involved in Donald Trump's civil fraud trial told the judge they had no information to share regarding a key witness reportedly negotiating to plead guilty to perjury in connection with his testimony in the case. Judge Arthur Engerin had asked state lawyers to and defense counsel to provide him with letters by Wednesday detailing anything you know about the situation involving Alan Weisselberg former longtime finance chief at Trump's company, the Trump Organization. The New York Times reported last week that Weisselberg was in negotiations with the Manhattan District Attorney's Office to plead guilty to perjury and admit that he lied on the witness stand when he testified at the civil fraud trial in October. The Times cited people with knowledge of the matter. According to a news release from Tioga Downs, American Racing and Entertainment owner and operator of Tioga Downs Casino Resort in Nichols and Vernon Downs Casino Hotel located in Vernon announced that it has sold the real estate assets of Tioga Downs to gaming and leisure properties for $175 million. GLPI is a real estate investment trust focused on owning real estate property that is leased to gaming operators. Following the closing of the transaction, American Racing and Entertainment will lease the real estate assets of Tioga Downs from gaming and leisure properties. The transaction has no impact to Tioga Downs' operations as American Racing and Entertainment maintains full control of the operations. There will be no changes to the customer experience or to Tioga Downs' employees. A judge who presided over the trial that resulted in an $83 million award to writer E. Jean Carroll for her defamation claims against former President Donald Trump says rejecting his lawyer's mid-trial mistrial request was not a close call. Federal Judge Lewis Kaplan issued an opinion on Wednesday explaining why he swiftly rejected Trump attorney Alina Habba's request for the mistrial, which she made in front of the jury as Carroll testified. Haba claimed surprise after Carol testified she deleted some death threats emails, but the judge said Haba had known over a year that Carol deleted some death threat emails. The Delaware County District Attorney announced the indictment of Frank Maspa of Morris. The Delaware County Grand Jury indicted Maspa on January 25th for one count of criminal possession of a controlled substance in the fifth degree. The defendant appeared in Delaware County Court on February 6th and was arraigned on the indictment. The indictment alleges that the defendant knowingly and unlawfully possessed fentanyl or meth with the intention of selling it in the village of Delhi on January 8th. He pleaded not guilty to the charge and a Delaware County Court judge remanding him to the Delaware County Correctional Facility in lieu of $5,000 cash bail or $50,000 bond. A man can move forward with his lawsuit against police in Buffalo who ticketed him for shouting at an officer to turn on his headlights. An appeal court last week reversed a ruling by a federal district judge in Buffalo who dismissed the case. The lawsuit was brought by a civil rights attorney. He says the police retaliated against him by issuing a noise citation after he shouted an expletive to a passing vehicle that was driving in the dark without headlights. Our Anthony Roop says he didn't know at the time that the vehicle was a police SUV. That's a look at news. For updates on local news, weather, sports, and features, open up the WNBF app and online at wnbf.com. This is News Radio 1290 WNBF.
0: I'm Bob Joseph. This is Binghamton Now on a Thursday morning. We welcome back to the program, Broome County Executive Jason Garner. Good morning.
10: Good morning, Bob. Good morning, Broome County.
0: Spring is on the way.
10: Oh, man. The weather is pretty amazing, isn't
0: it? Yeah. yeah. So what's on tap this year? We've got a speedy fest, the air show, and holiday <laughs> lights. I mean, it's going to be a big year. From the county standpoint,
10: yeah, yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on, a lot of festivals. It's good stuff. What's not on tap this year is our Winterfest.
0: Fest. I heard about we had that. To that. I, I saw the flash, and I was afraid to report on it till it was confirmed. And then I saw it last night on Action News, and so I knew it was official. And that's what—at least the second year in a row—that Winterfest has been canceled because of uh, lack of winter.
10: It's too bad. You know, it's a really good time. I mean, the, the few times we we started to have this a few years ago and, um, you know, you got ice fishing there and sledding and bonfires and hot chocolate. And I think we even, we built an igloo and, uh, it's just a great time for uh, people to come down and have a good time outside. And, um, <laughs> we were looking at the weather. Uh, I think Monday this week, we, we finally had to, to pull the trigger and cancel it. And, um. Like oh man, it's going to be like 55 degrees there. It's going to be all mud. I don't think it's going to be really a good good time for people with that kind of uh, that kind of weather. So you
0: could have called it mud stock. Yeah, <laughs> you know. I mean, look, I'm looking. Yeah, 55 this week. Oh my gosh. Yeah, tomorrow. I think 57. my 12 year
10: old might have like my 12 year old might have like gone to, to go out and um, run in the mud. But I don't think a whole lot of other people would like to. We were kind of looking forward to like you know a bunch of snow out there and and doing. You know snow related things so that's that's something that won't happen for 2024 right? i hope all things that we have scheduled for uh for this coming year do happen though
0: so all right one thing that i've noticed is happening uh more activity at grippen park in west endicott the construction fencing's up the uh project office is in place uh, people actually are uh, doing more work this week at at grippen park as that project gets um underway
10: you're you're on the ball. You're uh you're totally on the ball with this kind of stuff. Yes. Um. We uh. It's it's a, it is a, after a long uh, period of. You know, uh, putting together uh, finances and design and all that kind of stuff. Um. That is absolutely an active construction site. I think I was there earlier this week checking it out. They're they're really cleaning up a lot of the stuff in there. But um. That building will start to get renovated. And um, we're just uh, we're just about finalizing the uh, the final amenity layout of that whole park. So there's the there's the building that you know is getting renovated, you know, top down renovation with the pickleball courts and the skating that's going to be in there. But then there's a lot of other amenities that are going to be on that site, and I think we talked about some of them. And we're thinking about putting one more. One more in there as well. So, and and such as, kind of like
0: now. Now I'm intrigued. uh What what could possibly (laughs) be added to the the list of things that have already already been described?
10: Well, we're thinking about putting a a flag football field in there as well. So we've got an accessible playground we're going to be building. We have a wiffle ball stadium that we're going to put in there. We have a basketball court that we're going to be putting in there. And, and one thing that we took a look at is a lot of people like to play flag football. I think, in fact, uh, flag football has become an official varsity sport for women in high school. So uh, a, a lot of different people are, are getting into it and we really don't have a any type of an official flag football field in Broome County. And I think we might be able to include this in the final amenity layout for Gripen.
0: Where would it be? I'm I was just over there on on Tuesday morning uh, observing the situation so I'd, I'm trying to picture where the flag football field might best be located on that site. So
10: if you yeah, so if you go into the park and you look at the there, there's an old softball field that hasn't been used in ages where a lot of grass has just grown over, over a lot of the dirt. Part of that field is where we're going to uh, turn that into our our soft or our wiffle ball stadium, and uh, the wiffle ball stadium uh, official wiffle ball uh, length is is certainly not as big as a regular baseball or softball field, and we really don't need a lot of that field um, to build a regulation size wiffle ball stadium. So we think that kind of farther back on that field, we'll be able to to put an official flag football field, but uh, we're, we're kind of working the details out on the, the amenity side of it, the final layout. We're just about there, but that's uh, you know, I, I guess that's one little uh, additional piece of information with that we've been talking about as we kind of um, lay out the the last of the amenities and, and kind of get that
0: um, finalized. So at this point based on where you'd say things stand, it sounds like it's fairly certain that it could happen that this can be added to what already has been um uh described for the reimagination of gripin park
10: yes I think we're uh i think i think that's about eighty percent um that we're gonna be able to do that we we had to take that back to the the company that's uh, doing the design work on that but um it's something that um you know as we were kind of putting in that uh you know that the like I said, there's a lot of amenities. Uh, we also have like a little uh, wall where you can hit tennis balls against and stuff like that. So we have all these amenities, you know, kind of surrounding that area. And we were we were thinking, okay, we have uh, this big field out there. You know what what should we do with it? And um, you know, again, one of the things that we were thinking about is how popular um, flag football has become, um, especially with uh, Women in high school having you know they formed all these teams in the last couple of years, um, and uh, you know who wouldn't who wouldn't want an official flag football field to go out there and uh, you know throw the football around and, and be able to do that.
0: I see ESPN will be carrying uh, NFL flag football <laughs> championships, so who knows? Maybe someday. Who yeah. maybe someday? I'm just saying, you never know. NFL. Yeah.
10: So it's an exciting project. There's no doubt about it. Just, you know, so for, for a long time that, that park has uh, really been incredibly underutilized. And um, I, I think everything's going to be finished by, by June or July of this year. So it was exciting seeing, you know, the construction crews there and, you know, the, the workers getting to work on it because, you know, we, we talked about it for a long time and we talked about the design and what it was going to be, but it's pretty exciting when you see, when you see people actually working there,
0: one of the so. first issues, of course, is the w- roof replacement on the building that's now been there for over fifty years. That roof yep. looks to be in pretty bad shape.
10: Yep, it's getting, the, the whole building's getting renovated, so they're they're going to, they're going to work they're they're getting to work on it. it's going to be uh it's going to be exciting, and uh, it's one of those things where you know you see various things happen in this community and get built so quick. And um, I almost can't believe they're going to have this thing built by July, knock on wood. But uh, that, that's when we're supposed to, to get it done.
0: And what are the latest, most recent cost estimates?
10: I think it's about $3.5 million, I think, when it's all said and done. And one of the, uh, you know, we, we put some American Rescue Plan um, funding into this. And this is part of our overall parks improvement project plan that we've got going on in um, just about every one of our parks, uh, you know, certainly the uh, the uh, Green, Knight, Green Light Network's Grand Slam Park was a part of that uh, park improvement uh, plan, but also the dog park that, that we've talked about and, you know, just adding in um, new picnic tables and, you know, other types of more, I guess, more simple amenities as well throughout all of our parks.
0: It's also going to be a state funding component, too. Is that correct?
10: That's right. That's right. So, uh, Don Lopardo was able to, to kick in, um, half a million dollars to that project. So we were really, really thankful for her, um, for helping come through on that. So we're, it's going to, I think our groundbreaking is going to be, uh, you know, probably in another, uh, three weeks or so. So that'll be, uh, it'll be exciting. I think we'll, all the final updates on all the amenities will be, uh, put up there for everybody to see when we do the, the groundbreaking. And then it's, uh, yeah. You know, it's a lot of work over the next four months to to get the project done and ready for the summer.
0: And Kathy Hokel's name is even posted there at the project site. I saw that.
10: Oh really? I didn't know
0: that. It is. Kathy Hokel. Wow. So don't be surprised you get a call from the governor's office at some point asking how the uh Grippen Park project is coming along.
10: That's great. And we take more money for it too, you know, if <laughs> yeah, the state well. wanted to give us. <laughs> it says
0: Environmental Protection Fund, Local Waterfront Revitalization Program Grant. And, of course, Kathy Cat. Hochul. They spelled so her name th- right. Yeah.
10: Well, th- we also got another grant, uh, another state grant from uh, to do that, to do all the, the trails that lead to um, uh, uh, Round Top Park. And also uh, th- to do some stuff on the river and to pave... The uh, I believe paved the whole parking lot there as well. And yeah, the, lot, things
0: the things lot could be for. repaved. The only thing odd about that sign is it mentions her title and also the name of the New York Secretary of State. And then your name, see their names are on the top line, but your name is below it. But it, your name is the only one in all caps, Jason T. Garner. <laughs> But it doesn't say who you are. It just it has to, it doesn't say you're Broom County Executive. Just Jason T. Garner and Caps. Is there going to be an announcement coming forward about? I
10: know about a governor. No. I don't know. No, at all. You, you know.
0: In in the past, we've had county executives in the past who have been appointed by the governor to be DMV Commissioner. I don't think that you're That's looking right. to be a state DMV Commissioner as what, what happened to Barbara Fiala.
10: No, no, no. But no. Okay. Not at all. <laughs> Just so. checking. I noticed that. I thought,
0: well, these things, you know, anything that comes out of the governor's office is vetted probably by at least 12 people. So, thinking. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway. All right. Well, we'll keep an eye on that. We've got more to talk about with Broome County Executive Jason Garner on our Thursday program. Stay tuned. This is Binghamton Now. I'm Bob Joseph on WNBF.
2: From the Galt Auto Studios, this is WNBF News Radio AM 1290. Also available at 92.1 FM. Shop Toyota, Chevy, BMW, and pre-owned at GaltAuto.com.
0: 1025 WNBF Live with Bob Joseph. This is Binghamton Now on your Thursday morning. And we're speaking with the Broome County Executive Jason Garner. One of the biggest topics so far this year in New York State is a proposal that could put a a referendum on the ballot in Binghamton for city residents to decide about the dissolution of the police department uh dominated the conversation around Binghamton and elsewhere in New York State over the last few days. So, County Executive Gardner, first of all, what do you make of this? The the whole thing started just uh about two weeks ago. John from Binghamton, John Solak, submitted a handwritten one-page request for legislation to Binghamton City Council, and then, well, you know what's happened.
10: Right. Well, I think this is... <laughs> it, you know, and just following the story in the news, it seems like it's, it's spun in a, in a couple different positions. So I just, you know, let myself, you know, thank you for allowing me to set the record on my end. I mean, uh, we're, I'm totally against the dissolution of, of the Binghamton police department. Um, I, I, I think that's the absolutely wrong way to go. And, um, I think there's this, uh, you know, uh, some people like to spin it, that there's this this idea that, uh, you know, certain uh, political parties want to defund the police. Um, the record that I have as county executive in Broome County the last seven years has been a record of supporting public safety and the police. And um, that's just not an opinion. That's, you know, if you actually look at the budgets that we've done, you um, when I came in 2017, there was 52 sheriff deputy positions, uh, in 2024, seven years later, there's 67. So we've added a large number of positions. So I just want to like, you know, make myself very clear where I, you know, in terms of supporting our police departments, um, you know, I, 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 I don't think this, this, uh, you know, no offense to city council or anything like that. I know they're new and everything, but I, I, I don't think that this should have been put on the agenda for discussion. That's just me. I don't run city council. I don't do anything like that. Um, you know, they they've said that they're trying to be more inclusive um, and things like that. But I mean, that is a that's a huge issue. It affects a lot of people. There's a lot of players involved in that, and um, you know. Uh, and, of course, now it's it's kind of uh, evolved into uh, somewhat of a circus. And, um, I mean, if people were really, you know, serious about consolidation and, and things like that, I mean, this 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 has been, um, in different shapes and forms, uh, this has been uh, something that uh, the county and other municipalities have looked at way before I was county executive. I think you probably remember, right, Pat? Pat
0: well, Lennon, as, the- yeah, as I pointed out, more than half a century ago, the Broome County D.A., Patrick Monserati, was on the record. He had a multi-year campaign encouraging serious consideration of uh, a police consolidation in the county, and it never got anywhere. I mean, the police chiefs, Binghamton, Johnson City, uh, Endicott, and Vestal, I think, were unanimously opposed to it, and most other elected officials were opposed to it. I think they were actually afraid to get any serious discussion going because... My guess, even back in 1973 and 74, they knew what kind of firestorm a storm could ensue if they even started serious discussions. Because I don't think that, uh, at least in Broome County, unless it would be handled very carefully and very deliberately by everybody not to force anything, but to have a serious discussion about the future of law enforcement services, this thing would uh, inevitably explode, whether it's now or, or something that happened 50 years ago. And as I said, Patrick Monserati was was very harsh in some of his criticism of local police agencies, saying they, in some cases, weren't doing a really good job. Uh, I mean, obviously, you'd never see that today because times were different then. They didn't have social media, but... Um, right. You know, in, in uh, comments like that by a district attorney in upstate New York would would be one of the quickest way ways to assure that he's only going to serve one term.
10: And listen, the county is, is supportive of, you know, uh, of uh, we've done some things right over the past seven years. So our you know brand new communications network, that's a good example of the county. Um, really, just taking o- that over and providing a brand new communications network that actually works and has 99.9% coverage across the county. Um, we did central arraignment a few years ago. That um, you know, whereas before that, um, it was just like uh, w- whenever uh, you know a, a police officer arrested somebody, they they had to wait for three hours and wake up a you know a judge in the middle of the night to come in and get arraigned. We we created a new arraignment court where. Um, when somebody is arrested, uh, they can be taken right in, they can go through arraignment and the police officer can get right back on the street and not have to hang around for three hours, uh, looking for a judge. Probably the best example of this, and I don't know if you remember this is, I want to say in 2020, 2019, 2020, uh, the village of deposit came to us and, uh, they had a, a kind of a part time police force and they had just this patchwork of uh, police officers that did not work uh, full-time and they were having really really a hard time um, getting officers to uh, fill regular shifts just because they were part-time officers they were either retired or they worked for a different ag- agency and and they really wanted a you know just uh, they, they couldn't it was hard for them to hire. A full-time person and they came to us and they said, um, would you, uh, would you know, they, they, we had a number of discussions. We sat down with the sheriff. We sat down with the residents. We sat down with the village officials. And it took a long time, but we, we finally uh, worked out agreement where um, we would um, assign a deputy to the village that was a full-time deputy and he had shift hours and um, they were all assigned and they, they knew exactly how many hours they were getting in patrol out there. And uh, that was an arrangement where they they paid us, uh, but they got a a very uh, stable police presence out there. And I think it's worked really well. But, you know, just to, to the point of what's happening here, that that was a that was a, a result of a number of meetings and a number of discussions, um, you know, you know, before that, even you know, uh, before we even, you know, put that up for, for a vote or anything like that. Um, but this isn't, you know, just throwing something on a, uh, you know, a referendum like this and just coming out with something like this. I mean, listen, I, you know, I, it's hard to hire people, right? It's hard to hire uh, people across all different sorts of, uh, um, uh, professions. And I know it's hard to to hire people in police departments these days too. So when you put something like that on the agenda and of course the, you know, the, the conception, I think the the perception a lot of people had was that, um, um, potentially this could happen. And, you know, I'd be concerned about, uh, you know, can I, uh, when this is in the public, uh, discussion and I'm thinking, you know, I'm a police officer thinking about, you know, am I going to sign up with Binghamton police department or their agency? You know, I, it, that might be something extra you have to consider. Um, so yeah, I just you know, that's my position on it. I'm not right. really, you know, th- that's that's just how. So, I So
0: I mean, again, I I I'm asking it. everybody, everybody that I have uh, contact with. Did you at any time formally, formally or informally okay. consult with John Solak about this proposal before he submitted to, submitted it to the city clerk?
10: no okay no that's definitely just wanted to get that on the record I, it doesn't seem like that happened you know it, it, that that was his thing and right you know that that's what that's what he did but um i mean you know and again just like and we had a ton of meetings to talk about um a very small proposal to have the sheriff take over the policing of a you know a very small village, relative in size to the rest of the villages in, in Broome County, out in Deposit, and I, I can't imagine what that kind of undertaking would be uh, to do Binghamton. But um, you know, I I, I kind of look at it like this: I think every different municipality has different needs, and that's why some of these municipalities have police forces and some don't. Some are. Do you, do you terror, think some so.
0: other Broome County communities right now are at least behind the scenes considering? dissolving their police departments and and planning i think
10: no because because they would be having active conversations with us I I, and i can't i can't sit there and pretend what other people are thinking but
0: so they're not having any conversations
10: now with not that i know of not that i know of and um and and like i was going to say like i think every community has different needs right like binghamton has very specific specific needs um that may be different than Johnson city or Endicott or Colesville or deposit. And, you know, they've, and that, that's why they've, they, they built their municipalities the way they built them. And that's why some have police forces and some don't. And, um, you know, that's, you know, that's, that's the way it is. And I think that's the way it should be. And, um, it, I think if anybody wanted to have a, if it, you know, if, if, uh, a municipality and and their police force and their union and you know uh, wanted to have a, a discussion with us. We could have a discussion, but it's not anything that we would ever force. It would just be something where we would see a lot of people come to us and and uh, and talk about it's just like what what happened in Deposit and it worked out really well. Although I, I don't think it would work out any way that way with any of the larger police agencies because Deposit didn't even have a full time. Um, you know, police department. So it was easier for us to be able to, to do. But I think, I think what I want to do is just kind of like wrapping this up a little bit and I, I can talk more about it and take more questions if you have them. But I just think it's really important that we don't get, you know, we're kind of into a silly season where people are like, Oh, they're trying to defund the police. Right. Um, uh, I, I, I don't know how all of a sudden that became uh, an issue and certainly pertaining to what I've done the past seven years, we, we've done the exact opposite. You know, we, we've we worked hard to give uh, our police the resources they need, whether it's more people, more resources, a brand new communications network, those types of things. And it's just, you know, I, I think that you can have a discussion, but I think what happens sometimes is the stuff just becomes a, a silly thing where people are like, oh, you know, you've got to, You know, now you're trying to, you know, uh, we need all the Democrats' response on this. I just think that that's kind of a silly, silly thing to do, especially when you look at my record. So that's all.
0: All right. We'll have more with Broome County Executive Jason Garner coming up. Today is Thursday. This is Binghamton Now. I'm Bob Joseph on WNBF. Thirty-nine WNBF Live with Bob Joseph. This is Binghamton Now. We're speaking with Broome County Executive Jason Garner on a Thursday morning. Well, I've been keeping an eye on things on the Bevere Street Bridge since that uh, fire several weeks ago. And I have not seen any evidence that the, any repair work uh, was done on the bridge. I thought that was going to happen in January. What's what's the status of, of the bridge?
10: You know, I got a... I gotta meeting with my DPW early next week and I, I expected that, that would come up so I can get back to you on that. I, I don't just off the top of my head know what the status of it e- is either. So I, I can I can check back in and get back to you on that.
0: Yeah, please because I, I know I think the uh, cost estimates we were receiving could have been about 30000 or maybe as much as $35,000 after uh, that fire happened. I don't even remember when yeah. it was. It was December, I think. So, yeah. At some point, some additional work will be needed to deal with, uh, with the damage that was caused by that fire.
10: Yeah. I know, I know that we've, uh, we've actually got a number of, uh, different bridge projects, uh, that are going on this year. And, um, that was, of course, an unanticipated, uh, construction project or repair project, if you will. Um, but, yeah, I can, I can get back to you on that. I'll, I'll talk to them about that and, and see where we are in terms of uh, any other repairs that need to be made on that.
0: Last May on this program, you said that you would hope that the old Kmart building in Endicott would be torn down by the end of 2023. I think uh, you famously said um, no one should have to look at that
10: bleep. And <laughs> did I really say that? I didn't. Did I say the N word on that? I oh, don't
0: know. Wow. No, you. Um, it, 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 it begins I with C. Say, I
10: didn't did I say that word.
0: You oh, didn't say oh, anything okay. that had to be bleep, but it was. Okay. Begins with C and ends with P, so yeah. people shouldn't have to look at that. And here, here yeah. we are. You know, I just drove by there yesterday morning, and I shouldn't have to look at it, but there it is. Is there? Is the county still going to try to do anything? Because after Green Mountain Electric Supply learned that it would not be able to build its facility in the old Kmart. Uh, we have that building still idle, and it hasn't been used for a, a darn thing for over 12 years since the flood in 2011.
10: So the county had earmarked a million dollars to help with either the demolition or the, the renovation of that project um, because we had we had it coupled with, if you remember, Endicott, one, a DRI project. And I think $3 million was uh, coming from that project to Kmart as well. So between us with a million and Endicott at three, um, we had a good project going on with green mountain. And as they got into it, they realized like for whatever reason, engineering things and all that kind of stuff that they had to go to Kirkwood instead of doing it there. Um, You know, we, that project has kind of been at a standstill. We've had had some, you know, some like preliminary conversations with, you know, some people who've expressed, you know, some vague interest in it, but, you know, nothing, I mean, we were really close to making that project happen. And um, that, that project needed some municipal funding, which we had from the county and the state, and it needed, um, you know, definitely, but the most important thing it needed was a project at this point, we don't have a, a project. So, you know, we, we continue to, you know, when people come in and talk about wanting to do business here, it's, it's one of the sites that we're targeting that we we talk to people about. and um, But we don't have anything on our radar right now with it. But, um, you know, I've had had a couple of really productive meetings with the new Endicott mayor. Um, you know, I, I think I had met him before. But, um, you know, in, in his new capacity as mayor, I've, I've had some pretty productive meetings with him and um, he seems like a, a real go-getter and, and wanting to get things done. I know Washington Avenue is going to, uh, you know, th- that work is going to start this year. So, um, you know, my hope is, is that, you know, we can work with him and people out in the town of Union and and uh, hopefully find somebody that wants to come in there and, and do that because that is, uh, it's one of the few sites that we have left in Broome County that is just a real eyesore. I think over the past six or seven years, we've... We've gotten rid of a lot of these things, but that is just the one thing that really uh, irritates me. That um, you know, it's th- it's still standing there, and nothing nothing has been done with it.
0: Well, so has your attitude changed uh, as far as because the last time I think we brought this up on the program last spring, you were pretty much I think determined to see that it be uh, demolished and get that site cleared. But it, now it seems that you might be ambivalent that maybe somebody can. Uh, come and salvage the building what do you think is is more likely to happen
10: i'm not sure i i think that uh you know that right now the site is uh owned by green mountain and my understanding is at this point they're still trying to sell the site to somebody who wants to put a project there and you know we, we'd certainly you know work to to help them out with that right we would work to help uh you know, provide some incentives for something like that to happen. Um, but it's really, um, you know, Green Mountain, who owns the property to figure out uh, what direction they want to go in. I would be open to to helping them demolish it if that's what they wanted, and I'd also be open to helping them, um, you know, find somebody that can come in there and renovate the building and, and bring it back to useful life and clean up the area.
0: How are things going with Green Mountain getting things set up over in Kirkwood where the so-called game-changer canopy growth (laughs) cannabis wide world of sports uh, was supposed to be. Is Green Mountain close to opening in Kirkwood?
10: I think they are. I don't know. I don't have all the details on that project, but I know that they moved over there. I know they've done a lot of work over in that building. Um, I'm not sure if they're officially open or not.
0: We'll have more with Broome County Executive Jason Garner. On News Radio, WNBF, and WNBF.com. News Radio
2: 1290,
0: WNBF. WNBF live at 1049 with Bob Joseph. to now we're talking with Broome County Executive Jason Garner. Well, another eyesore that, uh, has been lingering for a long time is the Red Carpet Inn building in West Endicott directly across from Enjoy Golf Club. Now, I understand Broome County has been uh, trying to work to come up with perhaps new options for that site. Can you bring us
10: up to date? Well, I think we'd really like to see that site demolished. And, um, you know, it's it's certainly not owned by us it was uh i think it was going to get renovated um into a smaller boutique hotel and, and that project didn't didn't happen so um you know it's it, it's my hope that uh that uh we can get you know we we can work somehow to to get it demolished because look at we have a you know we have a beautiful golf course like literally on the other side of of that where um we have a PGA championship a tour event that comes in there and, uh, you know, what do people think of, uh, you know, the 30,000 people who go to the concert or the golfers or anybody like that that comes out of town and sees this beautiful course on one side and they look on the other side and they see that, not to mention the residents that have to, to put up with that uh, 365 days a year. So um, I, 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 that, that's what I'd like to see. I, I think it's, uh, you know, it's, it's going to be a work in progress to, to make that happen.
0: Are there any talks underway with people, prospective developers or people who might have uh, a vision for that site directly across from the golf course?
10: I haven't had any talks with the owner or anything like that directly, but, um, you know, I I think that that site uh, has a lot of potential, but I think that, um, you know, it's it's one of those things that uh, it's just an eyesore. And, uh, you know, you'd like to see other projects come in after that, but, you know, nothing's on the, there, there, there's nothing uh, that that is in the works for anything like that to happen. Um, and, uh, you know, really, it, it's one of those things where it just, you know, you're not going to renovate that place. It just really needs to, to get demolished. It's, um, you've been up there. You know, you've taken video up there, and I think you walked around there, and uh, it, it, it's not getting renovated. So it definitely needs to get demolished, and um, at least just for the community and for all the stuff that happens there with the the golf course and the
0: tournament. Even though the ownership is private, is there some way, in your view, that the county would be able to uh, come up with the money, either in full or in part, to help accomplish a demolition and get that site ready for its next chapter?
10: look like anything around here. You know, we've we've been involved in whether they're demolitions or, you know, renovations of, uh, you know, eyesores. uh, Probably the best example is uh, not too far down the street um, with the National Pipe and Plastics Building. There was that uh, old rundown uh, uh, EJ building there that sat empty for years and the residents couldn't wait to get rid of. You know, we were able to work with uh, the town of union and with national pipe and plastics to get it demolished and get a new corporate headquarters built there. That that's absolutely beautiful. So um, it, yeah, it's just one of those things where, uh, you know, I I think there's a couple of these big eyesores that are left. I think we probably started off with like 20 and now we're down to like three or four that are left um, that either need to get demolished or, or renovated. Across the county, that um, that uh, you know, we'll see what happens in you know the the next few months and the, the rest of the year.
0: This county working at all with National Pipe and Plastics now for any kind of expansion? No, no. What about uh, the old IBM Country Club site? Every day I go by there, hoping to see <laughs> hoping to see the uh, the start of, a, of an apartment complex. And I know every day we're getting one day closer where do things stand with the uh the startup of the apartment complex where the country club once stood
10: yeah i think it's a good example of what we try to do right so we we have this huge eyesore in this case there was no way to uh to renovate it it had to be um you know completely taken down and the the developer conifer is uh just kind of lining up their last bit of uh, funding. And it's, it's one of, it's actually uh, one of many housing projects that I expect to, to break ground on this year. I, I think we're, we're probably going to be breaking ground on um, probably four or 500 units of housing across Broome County this year. And um, that's one of the places. So I think they just, they're just kind of lining up their last bit of funding that they need and, and then they'll be good to go and put the shovels in the ground and start building.
0: And speaking of a housing project, uh, there is activity now over on the north side off, um, I think it's 530 State Street, where the bowling yep. center used to be. They're they're already uh, preparing, doing preliminary work at that site for the tiny homes for uh, veterans and also for the Veterans Services Center. They just started that on Monday.
10: Yep. I think they're uh, kind of clearing up the site. I don't know if they've got the fence up Yeah, but they've got to put a security fence up there to secure the site. And um, yeah, there'll be, uh, it's a real, it's starting to become an active work site. It's really exciting. It's just like the, you know, Gryphon to, uh, you know, after uh, th- that was a longer project than Gryphon that took to materialize, but, uh, it's really exciting when you actually see, uh, you know, construction workers out there working on the site. So we'll be doing a breaking on that in a couple of weeks. So, but, but in general, um, we need a lot more housing here, um, just like any other community in the United States. And um, you're, you're going to see a lot of projects that break ground this year, and I think you're going to see a lot of uh, interesting and exciting projects that get announced this year as well that we really haven't talked about. So all good stuff that uh, is in is in the pipeline for that.
0: room County Executive Jason Garner, thanks for joining us today on Binghamton Now.
10: Thanks a lot, Bob. Have a great day. Thank you.
0: It's 10-56.
2: This is News Radio 1290 AM, WNBF Binghamton. Now on 92.1 FM, W221 EJ Binghamton, a town's...
1: Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WNBF. This is News Radio 1290, WNBF News. Mostly sunny today, high near 51. Tonight will be mostly cloudy, low around 36. Friday, mostly sunny with a high near 57. The agreement that resulted in Guthrie's acquisition of Binghamton-based Our Lady of Lords Hospital was put together in only a few months. Lords and its affiliated units became part of the Guthrie health care system last week. Dr. Edmund Sabinall, Guthrie president and CEO, told WNBF News the process began about a year ago with discussions he started to have with his counterpart at Lourdes, Catherine Connerton. He said as he became familiar with the history of Lords and its caregivers, he felt a connection. He said uh, we have similar values, keeping the patients in the center of everything while striving to provide high-quality care. Sabinow noted Guthrie has had a presence in Broome County with a facility in Vestal. He said he saw the opportunity to grow the amount of care that they provided to the community. Speaking on WNBF's Bingham to Now program, Sabinow indicated things went smoothly in the discussions with St. Louis-based Ascension Health, which owned Lords. The acquisition was announced last June. Sabinoff said the process to finalize the deal went as rapidly as possible, given the regulatory approvals that they needed. He said teams from the three organizations, Guthrie, Lords, and Ascension, worked together on details necessary to get the deal done. Lawyers involved in Donald Trump's civil fraud trial told the judge they had no information to share regarding a key witness reportedly negotiating to plead guilty to perjury in connection with his testimony in the case. Judge Arthur Engerin had asked state lawyers to and defense counsel to provide him with letters by Wednesday detailing anything you know about the situation involving Alan Weisselberg former longtime finance chief at Trump's company, the Trump Organization. New York Times reported last week that Weisselberg was in negotiations with the Manhattan District Attorney's Office to plead guilty to perjury and admit that he lied on the witness stand when he testified at the civil fraud trial in October. The Times cited people with knowledge of the matter. According to a news release from Tioga Downs, American Racing and Entertainment owner and operator of Tioga Downs Casino Resort in Nichols and Vernon Downs Casino Hotel located in Vernon announced that it has sold the real estate assets of Tioga Downs to gaming and leisure properties for $175 million. GLPI is a real estate investment trust focused on owning real estate property that is leased to gaming operators. Following the closing of the transaction, American Racing and Entertainment will lease the real estate assets of Tioga Downs from gaming and leisure properties. The transaction has no impact to Tioga Downs' operations as American Racing and Entertainment maintains full control of the operations. There will be no changes to the customer experience or to Tioga Downs' employees. A judge who presided over the trial that resulted in an $83 million award to writer E. Jean Carroll for her defamation claims against former President Donald Trump says rejecting his lawyer's mid-trial mistrial request was not a close call. Federal Judge Lewis Kaplan issued an opinion on Wednesday explaining why he swiftly rejected Trump attorney Alina Haber's request for the mistrial, which she made in front of the jury as Carroll testified. Haba claimed surprise after Carol testified she deleted some death threats emails. But the judge said Haba had known over a year that Carroll deleted some death threat emails. The Delaware County District Attorney announced the indictment of Frank Maspa of Morris. The Delaware County Grand Jury indicted Maspa on January 25th for one count of criminal possession of a controlled substance in the fifth degree. The defendant appeared in Delaware County Court on February 6th and was arraigned on the indictment. The indictment alleges that the defendant knowingly and unlawfully possessed fentanyl or meth with the intention of selling it in the village of Delhi on January 8th. He pleaded not guilty to the charge and a Delaware County Court judge remanding him to the Delaware County Correctional Facility in lieu of $5,000 cash bail or $50,000 bond. A man can move forward with his lawsuit against police in Buffalo who ticketed him for shouting at an officer to turn on his headlights. An appeal court last week reversed a ruling by a federal district judge in Buffalo who dismissed the case. The lawsuit was brought by a civil rights attorney. He says the police retaliated against him by issuing a noise citation after he shouted an expletive to a passing vehicle that was driving in the dark without headlights. Our Anthony Roop says he didn't know at the time that the vehicle was a police SUV. That's a look at news. For updates on local news, weather, sports, and features, open up the WNBF app and online at wnbf.com. This is News Radio 1290 WNBF. From the Galt Auto Studios, this is WNBF
2: News Radio AM 1290. Also available at 92.1 FM. We're still saving the Southern Tier money at Galt Toyota.
9: WM
0: WNBF, this is Bob Joes. Hope you're listening to Binghamton Now. 607-772-1290 is our number. If
6: you want me to stay, I'll be around today to be available for you to see. I'm about to go and be... Being fair, I got the baby.
0: Back to the phones we go. Never on this Thursday morning, Johan who joins us from Ithaca. Good morning. Good
6: morning, Bob. How are, you, how are you doing? I am doing well. How are you? Good. Thank you. I wanted to talk about two brief things. First of all, I wanted to piggyback on um, your top-tier uh, contributor, John Solak's uh, call in earlier this morning about the Tioga County uh, DMV. And um, I'm glad that he acknowledged them. I'm kind of uh, worried that because of that, there will be an influx of customers going there because they really are a wonderful place to get your um, automotive uh, registrations and licenses and all of the things that the DMV can accomplish for you in a timely and friendly manner. Um, it's... Uh, huge contrast to, let's just say, the other Department of Motor Vehicle locations in Broome County. And I'm, as John said, he drives uh, down there to takes a couple of extra minutes, maybe a couple of gallons of gas. I concur that, that that's a great place to go, and I congratulate them for the accolades from John.
0: All right. I, I think I was at the Owego office once, typically i go on the avenue
6: yeah uh, i do too well i used to and i'll just leave it at that um, <laughs> <laughs> at the time spent and frustration spent at other locations is well worth the leisurely drive down to owego to the uh tioga county dmv office there uh, that's my opinion and i think john uh, appropriately uh categorize that as such so uh
0: yeah i'll have to uh i'll have to check it out next time next time i'm in need of dmv services
6: and other the other thing is you were talking about milk expiration date uh earlier and uh the uh surprising expiration date that brought us not only to the end of february but beyond according to the calendar so that must have been some really
0: special milk. That's what uh, the person who put it on Twitter thought. February thirtieth, man. Yeah, that's some good milk you got there. I, I don't I know. I guess so. Didn't know they could make milk that great, but uh, they they must must be using some sort of. You know what I think it is, Johan. AI. What yeah milk milk being <laughs> right. processed using secret AI technology probably even without our knowledge over at the old Crowley plant on Conklin avenue that's why they've got the sh- the shades drawn you know they told us that they're going to put housing in there, but maybe they have special <laughs> AI milk processing that is being rolled out, and we'll learn about it a year after they started. you know they'll have a big photo op and You know, the, the agriculture secretary and, you know, probably, uh, uh, the New York state agriculture commissioner. And dare I say, even the lieutenant governor will show up to say, look,
6: yeah, maybe, yeah,
0: cutting edge technology. And it happened right here in Binghamton.
6: Well, I have to say that if you were to, uh, visit chat GPT and ask the AI, uh, technology there, how do you get milk processed in such a manner that it uh, can last for upwards of a month? And it'll say it is ultra-pasteurized. And uh, if anyone wants to look up that, that would be fine. But that's why your your local small-town shops that carry fresh milk that is not ultra-pasteurized that maybe lasts 12 days, 13 days before you might want to smell it. That's the better milk to buy. That's all I have to say.
0: <laughs> I, I think that's well put. Thank you, and uh, enjoy in your uh, enjoy your travels on this sunny day in Upstate America.
6: I anticipate calling from Endicott next time. You too, Bob. Thanks,
0: Johan. On the road in Tompkins County. It's eleven fourteen at News Radio WNBF. That's right. Earlier in the program, I saw something on Twitter. Somebody uh, bought a gallon of milk probably at one of those mega markets and the best Buy date wasn't february 28th no wasn't even february 29th it's it says best by february 30th so that's that's the kind of milk you don't want to give to your kids i wouldn't even put that in a bowl of count chocula Six zero seven 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 two twelve ninety. 1290 what's on your mind Test out our phone lines and see, <laughs> see high quali- how high quality the telephonic experience can be on this Thursday in February. Again, the number is 607-772-1290. This is WNBF at 92.1 FM, 1290 AM. Stay connected using the WNBF app. <laughs> WNBF, live at 1120, James Nendwell. Good morning. You're on the air.
11: Hey, Bob. Yeah, I was just curious about the efforts to get that hotel, the old, what was it, a Western? Best Western, torn down across from the Enjoy Golf Course.
0: Yeah, the red carpet inn. Have you ever been inside there?
11: Uh, Well... I never stayed over there, but my daughter was in there one time buying drugs from a drug dealer, so I know they... Well, see, that was the problem.
0: That's one of the reasons, I think, why they went out of business was because of, uh, you know, illicit drug sales. That wasn't the only thing going on there, but that was one of the problems.
11: But structurally, uh, the building looks pretty sound. I think it's concrete. The roof looks decent. I mean, it looks bad because it's all boarded up. I guess the owner's trying to... Protect the windows and stuff from any harm. But to me, I'm thinking it might be a nice uh, project to put for veterans. Mm. They get those tiny homes going in, and right.
0: But according to the county executive, I think they've done some studies on it, and apparently, even though it looks, at least from the outside, as though it could be salvaged, apparently, doesn't seem too promising. So, as as he said on the program. Last hour, he he thinks that probably it'll have to be demolished. Last time I was in there it was January thirteenth, twenty twenty-two. There were a couple of guys working on uh, two rooms on the first floor. They were trying to set up model rooms for the, the guy from New Jersey who owns the property. And I don't know. I think they finished their work, but I don't know that the owner ever brought in anybody to see the model rooms. He at least got that far, but I, I think I think basically about two years ago, the the work started and then stopped.
11: Well, that is a good point about being next to you know, the Android Golf Course and uh, BC Open and all that. But uh...
0: Can you imagine if they did like a deal? They could get, uh, well, I won't name names, but say like a major sporting goods company to do a deal with like Tiger Woods and they could call it the Tiger Woods Resort Hotel and then Every year, golfers could come, golf fans at least, could come and, and spend time like the week before and during the week of the golf tournament and at the Tiger Woods Resort Hotel, and then they could eat at that restaurant, the Red Lion, next door. Bring back the Red Lion and give me some uh, steaks, give me the uh, prime rib soup, and, of course, at the end, give me the fresh chocolate chip cookie. That would be a success.
11: Well, I guess another... Uh, they tore down that one hotel. I was glad to see that go on Washington Avenue. But, uh, of course, this one, too, uh, got Charles F. Johnson, so you got kids right there, so maybe it should be torn down. Well, maybe
0: they should tear it down and, and turn it over to the school district so the kids have more of a play area. It's right the school play area. Isn't the playground for Charles F. Johnson Elementary right behind the red carpet inn?
11: Uh, yep, that's true. And then uh, right next door to the... The old restaurant there uh, They got the sweets home. They used to be owned by the relatives of the Johnsons. They moved oh, it from right. one side of the road to the other side of the road. That was quite an endeavor. They moved it? Yeah, it used to be over in the side where uh, the Enjoy Golf Course was, and they actually moved it across the street. Oh, I didn't know. Hmm. All Everybody right. They bought it and moved it over there. So, okay, definitely. well, we'll see I, what I, happens. I missed the interview with uh, our executive, so thanks for filling me in on that.
0: Yeah, yeah, so at least, at least it sounds like it's on, it's on their radar. It's on their agenda. So maybe, maybe we'll hear something soon about the future of sounds, that site.
11: Sounds like they need some investors and just somebody with some ideas to do something with that area. Yeah, well, I know a couple people. All
0: they have to do is get the paperwork done. I, I could do a deal with these people by the end of the week. I mean I only if they are willing to invest their money. But I, I have a plan for that site. I just don't have the money.
11: Did our executive mention anything about the old Kmart plaza there? Endicott, oh yes, the he old, did uh, he
0: did about that too because last last May he was on the program and he uh had said he really wanted the old Kmart building in Endicott demolished. Well I brought that up a uh, last hour as well and now He he admits it still is a a big eyesore that really cries out for something to be done uh, and quickly. And I guess he's sort of between mm, whether it really needs to be demolished. Apparently, there may have been at least a couple of inquiries from people who might want to buy that. Because remember, uh, Green Mountain Electric Supply wound up owning that. And then ultimately, they couldn't use the property for for their Broom County operation.
11: I remember one day uh, during one of our floods, I left my car there, had some auto, some trouble with it, and overnight it flooded.
0: <laughs> That's what they call a poor choice. It's very similar to what uh, can happen over near uh, Applebee's in Vestal. That that happened. I, I think, uh, well, several years ago, some kid left his BMW running in the parking lot at Applebee's and then the water rose so quickly, he had to walk away or swim away from his car. He left his BMW running. And I'm saying, if it was my BMW, I wouldn't leave it in the middle of Lake Appleby.
11: Well, remember, uh, see, I went to JNF Snap, and we used to run over to the McDonald's. I see something open up there, some, some kind of business. Did you it's uh,
0: like craft you know? beer. Those kids are are selling craft beer. <laughs> Where, yeah, because it. After it was McDonald's, they turned it into uh, Pat Mitchell's. And then I think it was used for something else for a little bit. But, uh, yeah, now uh, Crooked Mouth Brewing has, uh, it's like a, a sort of a brew pub. They have uh, some beer they make there and also some food.
11: Uh, it used to be able to buy buildings on Washington Avenue for under 100000 Now with the prices going up and everything, it's pretty sad. Uh, well. I don't think our. Children will be able to buy houses? Well, not on Washington
0: Avenue. Let's hope, though, that those higher property values on the avenue reflect good things to come. Because the, the prices have been going up, and that means developers think that there is a future for the avenue. So that's a good sign.
11: I think they need to get rid of the apartments above the storefronts. That's nothing but trouble.
0: But, well, but it's gonna- easy to say, but where would those the people go I mean they need a place to live and and at least one of those buildings I think got locked down because there were so many problems but the bottom line is for the people who live in those apartments above some of the uh, uh, buildings along Washington Avenue if you close down those apartments where are they going to go a
11: friend of mine was living there and he was threatened by a drug dealer and they wouldn't do anything about him but I don't know I got a son living out in San Diego, and he, they want him. He works for Disney. They want him to move to L.A. and they have got floods up there, and prices started like half a million dollars and up. Yeah. Got a daughter in New York City, and those prices, well, yep. you know how they are. Yep. Anyway, appreciate your call. Yep. Take it easy. Bye.
0: Eleven twenty-eight at WNBF. Earl from Choconut. Good morning.
9: All uh, right. Yeah. You know what today, bud?
0: I'm well. How are things?
9: Yeah. Oh, not bad. Uh, I want to get back to that milk uh, deal. I've seen that also, uh, you know, and that's super milk, good until the 30th. Last week, I w- I'm not going to mention the name of the super, but it's a good supermarket, you know. Uh, I stopped in the- one of the big ones. I stopped in and I needed milk, so I went over to the, you know, the cooler where the milk is, and they usually have them stacked like about six deep. So I went to the front. It was like the first of January, so I grabbed when I looked. Uh, February 5th, I said, well, you know, that's kind of – so su- so I go back one and I geez, seventh, you know. I go back two more, like I'm on the fourth row back, now I'm at the ninth. So I'm moving everything to the side I grab the last one all the way in the back, February eleventh. You know? <laughs> so
0: set, well, see that
9: well, you know which one I bought. Right? Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. But you know the thing the thing about milk, when I was a kid. Or not, not even after I was a kid when when I was just going out and buying milk on my own. You
9: were a kid, Bob. Really? Back in the you day, back <laughs> oh, in the okay. back in the 19th <laughs> century, I was a
0: kid. Yeah, yeah okay, me those, too. Those were good days. And by the yeah. way, the price of gas was a lot cheaper than it is now. I'll have you seventeen nine when
9: I started driving <laughs> the station on the corner of Prospect in the uh, front.
0: Seventeen yep. nine in my fifty one Merck. Good times. What Every was time that? I, got I can. They got a what was the oil. name was of that like gas station? I'm, I'm trying. Do you remember the name of the gas station? Yeah, it was the Blitzen yeah. gas. station. Yes, Blitzen. Blitzen. Thank you. You're welcome. And then Blitzen. And Blitzen up. sold out to uh, that TV show that did did a, a thing about the uh, the reindeers, and you know the, the the next thing you know, Blitzen was. Was living in Malibu, and now well, I have now his his family's home has probably been damaged <laughs> in a mudslide. So. Right, so
9: that's it. So I just feel like uh, all the people that are in a hurry, don't grab that first one. Never take a minute and dig back a little. Absolutely,
0: you know? and not just milk. Keep an eye on the dates oh. of everything.
9: Oh, I, I do, Bob. I do. Okay, I'm gonna. I hope my boy Marty calls, and I haven't heard from him. I uh, will have to give him a call. Uh,
0: yeah, I bet he'll call in. Yeah, it's. Well, I don't he, know, he
9: hasn't been, has he?
0: Eh, he called in a few yeah, days ago, so he's. Okay. Yeah, he, okay. he might have called okay. in on Monday. Okay, have one a day. good one. Bye-bye. 11:31, WNBF Live. Jesse and Owego, good morning.
8: Hey, Bob, I don't think there's going to be a fighting chance of getting Tiger Woods here to make a deal with that motel. I don't know if you remember this, but back in the day, he was still underage for drinking. And after he got done playing golf, he went into one of our local bars here, I do believe Broom County, could have been Tioga, and they wouldn't serve him because he was underage, and he got pissed off and said, I'm never going to step foot in this place again.
0: Oh, I can't believe that.
8: Yes, I remember that Tiger Woods, well.
0: Tiger Woods getting yeah. angry?
8: Oh, no, no, no. And I'm tall and right-handed and not Irish.
0: Yeah, the uh, the thing about Tiger Woods is um, he's not a very good driver. Well, yeah, am I right? He <laughs> sounds like, like
8: Janine Piero, but he just lost control. Yeah.
0: yeah, but the thing you can say about uh, Tiger Woods versus Janine Piero, yeah, she got caught and ticketed allegedly for going 119 miles an hour, but she didn't crash whereas tiger woods wound up crashing it wasn't even his car it was uh it was an suv that somebody had loaned him it was uh i think from a tournament sponsor and i'm looking at it now they although i don't know how fast it was they said he was going fast but on that on that curvy road in uh california there is no way he could have taken that vehicle up to 119 he might have been trying but it didn't work. And remember, after that terrible crash, I just had to look it up. Believe it or not, that happened three years ago. That was February in 2021. And um, it, it, you know, he's lucky. He's very, very fortunate. He wasn't killed in that crash. I totally agree. I because
8: mean,
0: well, I, I yeah. think what saved him, because it was a, it was a late model. It was a luxury Genesis SUV, and I think they had a um i think it had a lot of uh, safety features and I, I think those safety features even though the car went out of control on a curve and then rolled down uh, the uh like into the canyon or whatever and and as people recall he had multiple injuries so it took him a long time to um recuperate and fortunately he got back got back in the game but still uh what a what a sad thing. That sh- you know what that shows you, Jesse? I'm listening. It shows you to always drive carefully. I would agree. And hey, by, by the way. way, oh, and by the way, don't borrow someone's car. Because here's here's a good rule of thumb. What I've seen over the years, if people are driving a vehicle they own, they tend to drive better than if it's somebody else's vehicle.
8: I would agree. <laughs> hey, by the way. I am surprised Johan didn't bring up if he got that uh, brand of cottage cheese.
0: Oh, that's right. I meant to ask him. I wonder if he was heading out since he was in Ithaca. I was wondering. I should have asked him. I forgot to ask if he was heading out to uh, Waverly, out to Ted Clark's busy market, to uh, go uh, see if he could get some of that cottage cheese and then ask some people at the store what the brand was so, so we could solve our mystery.
8: Oh, yeah, because you and Don Morgan were, like, on high end when you talked about that. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, Ted Clark, mm. one of the best places on the planet, their deli. They they got the best meat on the planet. So this is breaking my heart.
0: Yeah, well, you know, it's sad, sad to have to report that. But they are putting the place on the market. So maybe, maybe they can find someone to buy the business and maybe... Someone who loves the business will try to keep it sort of the way it's been, what the community has uh, expected for all these decades. I think I think it's been a fixture of Waverly for 92 years.
8: They will be missed. And I do have one more question. I would love to see what is the job description of a county executive because we don't have one here in Tioga County and it's booming. And I mean, it's nothing against Jason Garner whatsoever, but I'm curious: is that really an essential position? Uh, What exactly does? But it's essential.
0: I I would think it's essential because Broome County is so much bigger than Tioga County. There's a huge difference. I I think. Don't don't hold me to this. My my recollection was Tioga County might have a population of fifty thousand, and Broome County's population is almost four times that. So. You know, Broome County government is much, much bigger and I I think you'd have to have if not a county executive, we'd have to have some kind of a a manager because in Tioga County you've got Marty Sauerbray who's the legislative right. chair, but you know, as far as you know, they don't have their own bus system, they don't they don't operate a golf course, they don't Have, uh, an airport. So there are a lot of things that Broome County has. So that's, that's my theory. I, I think, you know, comparing Broome and Tioga counties. Interestingly, what most people probably don't know, Broome County used to be Tioga County. So if you go back in history, originally the area that is now Broome County was part of Tioga County.
8: You know what? That Exchange Street Bridge, I never realized this. My granddaughter brought it up, so I want to bring it up on Monday. She went from Binghamton to the other side of Exchange Street Bridge. No big deal. She turns around and comes back, and she looked up, and she seen a sign that said,
0: Oh, where it was made.
8: Yeah, so I I, I want to bring
0: that up when Gerald Smith gets in the house because yeah. I'm very curious about that. All right, yep, he'll have uh, an interesting response. That's coming up on Monday, Monday from ten to eleven, right here. Thank you, Jesse. It's eleven thirty-eight at News Radio WNBF. That's right. You can talk about Binghamton area history with Jerry Smith, the noted historian. In his next visit, will be. Monday morning during the 10 o'clock hour. 607-772-1290. Bob Joseph, Binghamton Now. W-N-B-F 1142 WNBF live on a Thursday morning. Benny in Binghamton, good morning. You're on the air.
4: Yes, good morning, Bob. Hey, you know, I just wanted to say, you know, I've been listening for the last week or so, week and a half. This, this is a great show. And uh heard a lot of conservatives, heard a lot of uh, Trump supporters complain about the border. We need to do something about that border. Joe Biden But well, I just wanted to remind you, did you guys see what happened on the Senate floor yesterday? I, I any call have you had any calls in here today, Bob? No, they're afraid. they're
0: I... afraid to discuss it because by the way, if you look at what's going on in Washington Street Washington Street in in Washington in Congress this week, what an embarrassment. One embarrassment after another. And you know who I'm talking about.
4: Yeah. Well, here, let me let me remind you on the Senate floor yesterday, James Langford, Republican, who put this bill, one of the people that put this bipartisan bill together. He said an unnamed popular commentator had told me flat out, if you try to move a bill that solves the border crisis during this presidential year, I would do whatever I can to destroy you. Because I do not want you to solve this before the presidential election.
0: Who do you think the commentator
4: was, Vinny? Oh, well, you know, well, you know, these bozos stepped forward, Bob. It was because Jesse Kelly. He used to be on Tucker Carlson. He stepped forward today. That was me, everybody. That was me. Okay? It wasn't Hannity? Uh,
0: No. It wasn't Bongino? No. It wasn't Levin? Nope. It was Jesse nope, Kelly. I, w- I would have thought that it more likely would have been Hannity or yeah. Bongino or Levin or them. I didn't know Jesse Kelly would do it. Wow.
4: I'm going to yeah. start well, watching
0: Jesse part. Kelly, I guess.
4: Well, hey, listen, <laughs> this is what he said later on. He goes, by the way, this is, this is Lankford now, Senator. He goes, they've been faithful in their promise to have done everything they can to destroy me in the past several weeks. And, of course, this bill came under a rentless fire from uh, uh, President Trump and his allies who see immigration as a key to the re-election in November. And so I just want you to realize that even a bipartisan, a lot of those guys, you're, you're full of crap. You don't want this border solved. You don't want it. You're just running your mouth. As a matter of fact, I'd love to hear what the governor of Texas has to say. They just killed the bill, buddy. You're putting stuff all in the, in the the in the river and everything. Aren't you mad that they, they, they put together something?
0: Yeah, what he would probably say is, don't worry. I'm going to load up more buses and planes and ship people in an inhumane manner off to places like New York and Chicago. Let's just listen. Fortunately, the uh, comment from Senator James Lankford is part of our big stack of stuff. That told me flat out. If you try to move a bill that solves the border crisis during this presidential year, I will do whatever I can to destroy you. Because I do not want you to solve this during the presidential election. There you go. We have the tapes.
4: And they all just sit there. Bob, this, this is why Democrats you bind. this is why we got to get out And we've got to start. We've got to start local. We got to get these, our representatives in this area, they're down there, Molinero. We got to get these guys out of there. We got, you know, the George Santos. Well, thank God it took him a year, but they got him out. This is why we got to get it. We got to get these guys out of here. They don't want to get anything done. They just want to sit there, collect their $174,000 a year and do nothing. Sit on their butts, not doing, take any of these hard issues, get together and get something. And when they do, this is what they do to each other. This is what they do. And I don't hear a nobody calling in here. You guys were flapping your gums these last two weeks about the border, the border. And then they you guys, one of your people come up with something and you kill it.
0: It's the truth. Thank you, Vinny. Let's take more calls now. Warren in Sydney. Good morning.
12: Thank you for taking my call, Bob. Uh, great show. Um, I'm calling. This happened last night to me. I hadn't, you know, I went with friends to dinner, okay? So I picked up the, you know, I, you know, cause I invited them, I picked up the tab for all four of us. And, uh, I hadn't used my credit card in a long time. So I used my credit card and I got home and, you know, cause I, after I used the credit card, I always make sure, uh, the statement's right, you know, Because my bank that I use, Citizens Bank, they pay within three days to, uh, to the local restaurant that I, that I went to. And I'm looking at the bill and I'm seeing all these surcharges onto it. And so I called the the establishment, the restaurant, and, and they told me that they are legally right. They they legally they could add five percent on for using their credit card. So uh, um, plus you know like like um, you know of course I pay it off so I don't pay the interest. I just use it every once in a while just to you know you know to you know keep them so that they don't bother me anymore uh, about why are you using the card. But but why you know how how. How do the politicians and everything, the little guys, how are they allowing them? I mean, first of all, these businesses got money to stay open during COVID because that's what they, one of those excuses they use. And then also, okay, charge the little guy 5% just to use the card. And, and like, I'm unfortunate that I pay it right off at the end of the month so I don't pay the interest. But somebody else that doesn't do that, I mean, they're getting hit with interest rates and things like that. I wonder who's looking out for the little guy when they make these laws.
0: Well, Governor Hochul signed a law in December that uh, has some restrictions and some regulations. She signed it on December 13th. I'm looking at the news release to see when the law is supposed to take effect. I don't, oh, it says, oh, let's see, on, after February 11th, 2024, a law will prevent or permit local governments to join in the enforcement of the law. So there, there are some new regulations in New York state regarding surcharges, credit card surcharges. They're still allowed, but there are uh, certain requirements. And apparently, it seems to me that it's already in effect, but it says that starting On February 11th, which would be Sunday, local governments will be able to enforce the law. So, as far as surcharges, credit card surcharges, I I don't like them. I haven't liked them. I I think a few years ago we started seeing surcharges uh, at gas stations. So, if you use a credit card now, it's I don't know. Typically, is probably at least five or ten cents a gallon higher use a credit card. I mean, I like using a credit card because I don't want to go in. I don't I don't have time for that. So, you know, in exchange for the convenience of using the credit card at the gas pump, you're actually saving them money because they don't have to physically ring up the sale, but you're still, you know, if you are filling up, say, with 15 gallons, you're paying an extra $1.50 for the privilege Of using your credit card. I don't like it, but at least I will say this about gas stations. At least the gas stations I go to, they do clearly post the difference between a cash price and the credit card price. As far as other businesses, I think they need to be more transparent. Um, This new law says that it limits credit card surcharges to the amount charged to the business by the credit card company. It also requires businesses to post before checkout the total price of an item or service inclusive of the credit card surcharge or a two-tiered pricing option which requires the credit card price to be posted alongside the cash price. So I haven't seen that yet around here. So I you guess maybe, maybe they didn't get the memo about the law.
12: But it was, it was a matter of eleven
0: dollars more on the deal. right. Um, right. Well, I, you know, and again, now I know businesses do have to pay a a, a charge to the credit card company, and I, I don't mind them recovering the charge for for that transaction. But it seems to me uh, some businesses definitely are are charging more than the amount they're paying to the uh, credit card company. So I don't know. But um, we'll see what other people have to say about it uh, tomorrow. We're almost done for today, but I appreciate you bringing it up. Thank you.
12: Thanks. And have a good afternoon. You still,
0: Bob. Thank you.
12: We don't always agree, but I think you do a great job.
0: And I appreciate when you call because you always have some interesting points. We don't have to agree, but we need to always make the program as interesting as possible with as many viewpoints. So thank you, Warren.
12: And I think we both, you know, that works both ways with both of us. Thank you. Have a great day. Take
0: care. It's 1152 WNBF Live. I'm Bob Joseph. Good morning. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from?
8: Hi, Bob. It's Robin Fort Crane. What's up? Well, look, I'm not afraid to talk about what happened yesterday. What What happened was a whole bunch of Democrats all voted the same. That's their cult-like mentality. And the, the the border was still going to be open. They were going to let a million and a half come through every year before anybody would ever lift a finger. So it's garbage. It's a crappy bill. And those four those four Republicans that jump ship. That's why we need to bring back treason trials and public hangings.
0: Well, I disagree with you, but you certainly have a right to say it. Uh, let's see. We're trying to squeeze in more calls in the final moments of today's episode. Hi, you're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? From Owego? Yeah, who from Owego? Who is this, Otto from Owego?
8: We don't have
9: time to talk. I've been in the merchant processing field for about 20 years. and
0: yeah.
9: I, I could lend some clarity to the new laws. a couple different programs. There's a surcharge program where businesses add a fee to cover their cost, but there's also a cash discount program that incentivizes businesses to um, for people to pay cash to get a discount. and um, credit card machines now have what they call dual pricing where the cash price and the credit card price um, are aligned right together. It, it, there's there's a lot of nuances that people don't understand but I you know maybe at some point I could fill people in on on uh, a little bit more detail
11: on how that's working
0: yeah that would be nice yeah we're running out of time for today Could you uh, send an email to me at some point Bob at wnbf.com, so maybe we could set something up Yes
9: that'd be
0: great yeah thank you yeah I'd, I would be uh, pleased to hear more information on that because I I know very little about any any aspect of operating a business. Let's see. Oh, we still have a few seconds left. Good morning. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from?
11: Tony from Binghamton. Yes, Tony. What's uh, up?
6: I'm not afraid to talk about uh, that bill either. Uh, that bill is a garbage bill. And for the life of me, I don't know what funding to the Ukraine and funding to Israel has anything to do with the border crisis. So those bills should have been broken into multiple bills and let them stand on their own merit.
0: I agree. I agree. And the Democrats learned their lesson, or should have learned a lesson. IWNBF, you're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from?
3: Joe from Wigo. Yeah, what's up? Uh, Who who was it that threatened the senator? I was driving down the road. Uh, I think
0: his name is Jesse Kelly. Apparently he's uh, some sort of bigwig as a commentator. Jesse Kelly.
3: Jesse Kelly. Thank you very much. Yeah. do you
0: think that's a good idea for commentators to be threatening members of Congress?
3: I think they had to be locked up if they threatened members. If, if you threaten somebody, you should get locked up.
0: All right, thanks. Yeah, I don't, I don't like threats. I heard some stuff on the radio yesterday. I, you know, it's just you just shake your head. You, the, some of the incendiary comments that I was hearing on the radio yesterday. I was thinking. I was looking at my radio saying. Why is he saying that on the radio? And why is he so mad? That's the one thing I ask. Sometimes I look at my radio driving around. Why is he so mad? Don't be so mad. Life's good. That's all the time we have for today. I'm Bob Joseph. Thank you so much for listening and for calling. We'll be back tomorrow morning right here. On WNBF Live.
2: This is News Radio 1290 AM. WNBF Binghamton. Now on 92.1 FM W221 EJ Binghamton. A town square meeting.